0: W H H H F M Speedway w 2 six C A
1: Available on HD
0: Drop in It's the moment y'all been waiting for Broadcasting it. from the Isaacs and Isaacs WeWin.com Injury Lawyer Studio It's the show where Indy comes to top Open lines With Indy's newsman Cameron Riddle one, one,
2: two, two, three, three. Hold up
1: And good morning to you, Indianapolis. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Roto, coming to you live from the hot 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC studios on the first Sunday of October 2022. I know we say it every month, but uh, the year is going by and September came, did a little drive by on us and is, and is on her way. Hello, October. We are in the last couple of months of the year. And this year we will talk about the year that it has been for preventing crime in the city of Indianapolis. If you've been up this morning and you've got your phone on you or you've been watching the TV news this morning, uh, then you see that there's been uh, several shootings overnight. There's been several shootings uh, this weekend. Unfortunately, that is something that has been happening in this city um, and not just in the city, but large cities far too often, far too frequently. And that is why the city of Indianapolis came up with an idea earlier this year to prevent some of that crime, to try and intervene on some of that crime. They came up with the idea of putting what they call peacemakers out on the streets of Indianapolis to get to those crime events before they happen and try to intervene by putting out life coaches and a number of different staff to help try and curb the violence that we are seeing uh, in Indianapolis. Uh, And so this morning, in a couple of minutes, we'll be talking with Lauren Rodriguez. She is the director of the Office of uh, Public Health and Safety for the city of Indianapolis. And we'll also be talking uh, to Bernard Mickle, who is the program manager for the violence reduction team here in the city. And we're bringing them on this morning to get um, a little bit of a progress report. On how the program is going. You know, I, I was reminded by one of our listeners to follow up on uh, on this topic. Um, sent me a message and said, hey, remember you brought these guys on at the beginning of the year. I'm uh, glad you did. You also told them you wanted them to come back. Could you bring them back now? It's been a couple of months. It's been about six months or so. Uh, actually, it's been just over six months now. And can we get a progress report and see how this program is going? I know they've added additional uh, peacemakers uh, to the streets since the last time that they talked, uh, since they talked to us here on Open Line. So um, any moment we'll be hearing from them and we will get a progress report. But I'm also going to open things up um, and. We will see. We will hear from you, that is. We will hear from you on your thoughts, and and you can get your questions in on exactly how you think the program is going or your questions on what you are curious about what is happening or not happening or suggestions on what you think should happen. Let's go to the phone right now with Lauren Rodriguez. She is the Director of Office of Public Health and Safety for the City of Indianapolis. She joins us on our live line. Right now, Lauren, good morning. Good
3: morning. I also have Bernard with
1: us. Uh, Bernard is there with you. Bernard, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you, guys. Bernard Mickle is the program manager for the violence reduction team. And as I said, Lauren is the director of office, uh, office of Public Health and Safety. Thank you to you both for coming in to give us a progress report on how the Peacemaker program is going. I explained a little bit of it, but for those who may not have heard of it, Lauren and Bernard, let me ask you. What is... Uh, Not only the Peacemaker program, but uh, some of the violence reduction tactics that the city is working on right now.
3: Yeah, thanks, Cameron. I'm going to give a bigger, broader overview. And then since Bernard is the program manager, specifically over life coaches, um, I'm going to ask him to also delve a little bit deeper into the description. So the violence reduction program really started a couple of years ago. However, the city through this administration and city county council has invested enough dollars to allow us to fully expand and run at full capacity. So it it includes three positions, interrupters, outreach workers, and life coaches. And each of those positions have a, has a unique um, position description. However, their overall common goal is to reduce gun violence in Marion County. And that's done through various ways. Interrupters are the ones that are out in the street just communicating with the community in a way that only they could probably do and get to people. They are not there to um, report back to us, but they're there to provide a bridge to outreach workers and life coaches for those who are interested in getting resources or leaving the lives of crime that they're currently leading. For whatever reason um, it's a no judgment zone for us and so what we're trying to do is just make sure hey what is causing you to live this lifestyle and how can we mitigate all the negatives around that right do you need a job do you need a license do you need a better place to live what's going on in your life that we can help you with And it's an individualized approach. So outreach workers are there every single day out in the community and various organizations and schools to help uh, bridge the gap between resources and our community members. But also both interrupters and outreach workers are there to recruit fellows to our fellowship. And the fellowship is an eight, there's eight risk factors that has been Shown through evidence uh specific evidence on Indianapolis so if you meet six out of those eight risk factors you can apply you can be a fellow if you choose and then they get they get put with a life coach and I know Bernard's going to talk more about that but that individual life coach walks with that person their fellow every day they talk to them every single day they lay eyes on them at least three times a week uh, and they they assess what's going on with that individual what does that individual need and it's not a one-size-fits-all approach so it's a very intentional um to make sure that they're getting the support and the love that we want to give them to leave whatever lifestyle they're they're currently in
1: bernard good morning
4: good morning so I, I want to dive a little bit further into uh, the process of life coaching because uh, the, the life coach uh, responsibility is an opportunity to, as Lauren spoke with spoke about, uh, they walk very closely with those we have identified uh, and that we built a relationship with, and they do very intense uh, um, uh, coaching and development, and um, they also maintain, as she said, a frequent connection with them and that's very important because that demonstrates to them that we are bought in and that we're willing to walk alongside them in whatever they're experiencing and dealing with uh and with that we come alongside and we we help them develop goals which of which we call a life map Uh, that life map is what we use as our guide in this 18-month process intensive process of work alongside them where we are helping them put together goals uh, that are very specific to things that they desire and want to do uh, through their own intrinsic motivation, and we and we resource them to help meet those goals in this eighteen-month period. And so that that is really the most important aspect of what we do, uh, because once the interrupters and outreach workers do the amazing job they do in the community and uh, meeting uh, these uh, young people, uh, that's when they bring them alongside our life coaches, and we take them from there in this intense, uh, again, 18-month development program.
1: So let me ask the two of you, you threw out some, some titles there, violence interrupters, outreach workers, and life coaches. They all do very different things, but can you explain to our listeners what's the difference between the three?
4: Yes, um, so interrupters, uh, they they are ones who respond to shooting scenes. Um, they also the ones who come alongside families, in the most uh, highest risk uh, crisis situations, whether that's the hospital. Um, They help mediate conflict amongst high risk individuals and or groups. Um, And honestly, they, they go and they uh, make sure that people are, they feel felt by the community um, and they meet people right where they are. So that that's a huge part of what interrupters do. um, And that developing those relationships with, people in our community, those people who are maybe considered very high risk. Uh, and, and, they, and from that relationship, that's what helped build rapport um, and helped us uh, gain trust uh, with, the, with the Peace Fellowship Program that we lead. Um, as far as outreach workers, uh, they, 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 their role is very specific as well, somewhat similar to interrupters, but the difference is um, they go out in the community regularly uh, and they get to know different organizations Uh, They serve in our community. Uh, We also serve by doing things in the community for our own programming, um, and we help specific individual groups and help influence the relationship to build rapport once again. So as we go out and we connect people to our Peacemakers Program uh, fellowship, they're more likely to want to be a part of it because of the work uh, that that our outreach workers and interrupters tirelessly do every day. In our community, uh, and, and I've already explained life coaching, but it's from there and those relationships that are that are very important that um, our life coaches now come alongside, and we've already have that um, that leverage that we need to now begin to work intensively uh, with those who who have been deemed very high risk uh, to be victims of gun violence and/or perpetrators of gun violence,
1: and so. In in short, violence interrupters are typically on the scene when the other first responders are there, uh, right immediately after a shooting, to make sure that the family is 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 being feels like they are being heard and is being heard, but also to make sure that nothing else is about to jump off off of that situation. Is that a good way to sum up a violence interrupter?
4: That's perfect. That's perfect.
1: Then your outreach worker is probably. Uh, it's a little more uh, – is more of a preventative, you know, to make sure that we're touching base with community organizations. You can get a good temperature of broad things that are happening in the community. Somewhat – yeah. Okay? And then life coaches is a very direct but also preemptive measure, but for very specific people who you guys have said – we need to watch out specifically for this person for X, Y, and Z reason.
3: Um,
1: Lauren, you can step in.
3: Yeah. Sorry. So (laughs) part of, so part of the application for the fellowship. So one, um, I don't know if we've really, really made this clear. You have to want to apply for the fellowship. So
1: Mm.
3: outreach uh, workers, life coaches, community organizations, they all, they can all refer people. Right. So Unfortunately, the statistics in Marion County are: eighteen to thirty-five year old Black men are the ones that are becoming victims of gun violence and/or perpetrators. A lot of the times, you'll see both. You'll see that somebody has been shot and has shot at.
2: Hmm.
3: And so, the goal is to not just prevent prevent further crime, but our goal is to prevent the, their their death. Right. Mm -hmm. What is it that's leading them to this area of their lives and to these choices for us to get to them and love them and bring them what they need? A lot of the times those individuals have never had this much um, love and support in their lives in a positive way. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the times it's a cycle that that has grown through the family for no fault of the family's own. Right. I mean, we could point back to a long history of why our black and brown communities are are in this in this category to begin with. But you know, we're trying to mitigate it. So we're the community based um efforts to reducing crime in a loving way, in a way that we're not policing, we're not arresting people, but we're trying to bring all the resources to them.
1: So when it comes to life coaches, I think a lot of people kind of thought that it was, you know, you guys walking up to somebody, hey uh Tim you know, we. I want to be your mentor, but it's more of a. You have to uh, apply to get that kind of mentorship fellowship, as you called it.
3: Correct. Yeah, you apply. Um, a lot of the times, we're the ones that are asking people to apply because mm-hmm. a lot of the people who fit the criteria don't necessarily seek out these things, um, or they may not right. just know about it. So it's it's our job to also make sure that we're engaged to make sure that they know about
2: Uh and
3: that we work a lot of the times it's not just an application people want to apply and they're right in and bernard can tell you more right there's it takes time for to get people to trust us to know that we're there to actually help them and we're not there to
1: bernard let me ask you what's the response been you know when a life coach or a or, or You know, I'm curious about the violence interrupter because I've been on far too many of those scenes as a reporter when um, a shooting has just occurred and or the family and the family is arriving. The police is there and the family has heard about what's going on and and mom arrives and it's not a pretty place to be. And emotions are at an ultimate high. Um, What what has the response been when a violence interrupter shows up? post a violent crime that just happened?
4: The responses that has been, uh, man, well felt as far as the people who um, are coming on these scenes, family members, uh, friends, family members of whoever whoever have been the victim of the gun violence. And they've been able to come alongside these families and and, uh, right in the moment create uh, relationships with them, a trusting relationship that we are here to come alongside you and serve you and help you uh, through this moment um, and connect you to much-needed resources uh, in, in such a crisis of that time. And so uh, the response has been really well.
1: So how many folks of each category, violence interrupters, outreach workers, and life coaches, are out on the streets now?
4: Uh, life coaches total. Lauren, You can if you can talk more about the interrupter side of things. Uh, as far as life coaches, there's, 17 life coaches um, that are active right now uh, with caseloads as far as serving intensively to help develop our fellows. Um, and we have 18 outreach workers that are out and about in our community on a daily basis.
1: And and, and out of that caseload for life coaches, what's that like? Is that one to one, one to two, one to five?
4: Uh, we have a, a one to five ratio okay. um, with an ongoing uh, as you know, our program is is uh, we, like Lauren stated earlier. Uh, we're in the we're in the the, the starting stage, um, six months in, and so for us to be six months in, it has been built very well, and we have uh, life coaches with a caseload an average of five um, to one.
1: Okay, Lauren.
3: Yeah, I'm trying to pull up the new numbers for us. So I do know that we are down, uh, I believe, six overall from 50. And I believe if, and I will, Cameron, we can follow up with mm-hmm. the correct number, but I'm pretty sure we have seven interrupters and the rest of the rest of the total is outreach workers.
1: So out of that, that 50 uh, number of peacemakers, Includes violence interrupters, outreach workers, and life coaches. Correct. Okay. Correct. Okay. Um, we are on the air this morning with uh, Lauren Rodriguez and Bernard Mickle uh, from the Office of Public Safety talking this morning about uh, the city's Peacemaker program, getting a progress report on how things are going. About six months ago, uh, Lauren and Charday came on the show to tell us what was going to happen. And I said, hey, Lauren, make sure you come back so we can get a progress report on how things are, are going. Someone reminded me to do that. And Lauren is here uh, this morning. She, along with Bernard, the phone lines are already ringing. So I'll remind you, you can start calling 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. Um, and you can ask your questions about how this program is going. Now, let's be, let's be, let's remember, that Lauren and Bernard are not the ones committing the crimes, Uh, but it is understandable um, that part of their job is to figure out how to prevent them. So frustration is understandable, but respect is required uh, when you call in here this morning. Uh, Those are the rules. So we'll we'll go to the phones here in just a moment. Lauren, what kind of numbers can you provide before we go to the phones about um, how many calls— you guys have responded to whether they be violence interrupters or you kind of already gave us a glimpse on life coaches. And, and it sounds like of the 17, they've got their hands full with at least about five cases each um, on the violence interrupter side. How, how often um, are you guys responding to what first originates as a 911 call or a police dispatch?
3: Yeah, and just to clarify a little bit, so interrupters do go to the crime scenes, but sometimes they're also, their job is also just to be on the community for Mm -hmm. mediation efforts. So in September alone, they did about 34 mediations. That's including things at, like, any arguments at crime scenes, but also just out in the community at various places. So, and we can break it down for you even more. We have the statistics, but, like, a lot of the times those include weapons. Um, So, just in September alone. So, year to date, we have about 464 um, mediations that have occurred through our interrupters. We also have...
1: 464?
3: um, Correct. Correct. Um, And then we have... For fellows, we have 72 active fellows right now. Um, we're engaged. The total engaged yeah. is 115. So, as I told you earlier, it takes some times for people to trust us and really understand what we're trying to do with them. So, we just because they they don't apply right away doesn't mean that we tried to we're like okay well we clean our hands of them. No, we want to continue being engaging and providing them the services with the hopes that they do. Apply to be a fellow. So we've got 115 people that we have connected with. Um, 72 of those are now active fellows. Uh, in uh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh yeah. So we have 16.8 percent decrease of the number of homicides in Marion County. 17.4 decrease of non-fatal shootings.
1: And that's now, to I, last year.
3: Yeah, yes, correct. And I can't tell you that it's just us, but I can tell you that. We also play a part in all of that, right, including the what the community-based organizations, the faith-based organizations are doing out in our community, as well as the police and prosecutors' office.
1: So let me go back through this, and, and you can correct me if I don't have a number or some terminology correct, but 464 response calls or mediations from the violence interrupters, correct? Correct. Correct. And the, and again, this program started officially on what day? Because it wasn't. It was just six months ago that you came here to the show. Correct. When when did it officially begin?
3: Um, we we counted we've counted it since uh, January.
1: January. Okay. So 464 response calls of some type from the violence interrupters. You've been connected with 115 different people who um, let's just say would be candidates. Uh, to connect with a life coach and become a become in the fellowship program. 72 people are in that program working with about 17 life coaches, correct?
3: So they each get their own life coach, but yes, 17 life coaches.
1: Okay. Um, and then um, you said a 17% decrease in crime. Uh,
3: yes, yeah, 16.8 in number of homicides, 17.4. number of non-fatal shootings
1: so uh, i'm gonna go to the phone lines here in a second and um i am i am curious i well i i think i know what some of the calls are going to be um that maybe it doesn't feel like crime is down i mean just this morning um, first of all, let me uh, – let's give credit where credit is due that you guys are out there. Uh, those those are some good numbers of what you guys have done in, in six months. Um, so let's acknowledge that. Um, but oftentimes people will gloss over the numbers that you just gave and point to headlines that are coming out this morning, including four people shot, one killed in two different overnight shootings. When the two of you uh, see headlines like that when you wake up in the morning – how do what do you think
3: my heart breaks um not not because our stuff is not being highlighted but it's still occurring right but it also motivation and i'm not just waking up to those headlines and neither is bernard we're waking up to our group collective text messages our calls our emails about how we're responding to those so it's Also reassuring for me to know that we have some amazing people that are dedicated to stopping this from going any further, and or to provide support and resources to those that it's impacted. And so, you know, it's not just the headline. So it's unfortunate that you know the news likes to highlight those things instead of the positive aspects in some instances. But we we are the ones that have to understand you know, how media can work, but mm-hmm. also that it can't stop us from doing what we're trying to do.
1: Bernard, what about you?
4: Yes, I, I definitely echo uh, Lauren. Um, it, it's, uh, it's not easy to see those things happening, but it's also not easy to see that, how it get cast on the news. But then it's refreshing to know that, as Lauren said, When I wake up and I see um, our interrupters responding actively, uh, engaging uh, intensely very quickly to these situations and being on these scenes all throughout the night, um, that, that, that lets me know that we are in the best position possible and we are doing the things that we need to be doing. And it motivates me to continue to do what we're doing that we spoke to you about today in regards to this strategy.
1: Um, let's, let's take a commercial break. You guys can stick around for a bit to answer some calls when we come back, right? Yes. All right. All right. We are going to uh, go ahead and open up the phone lines. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. Go ahead and get your questions ready. Start calling me and we'll get you in uh, to start asking your questions about the violence interruption uh, programs that are happening in the city of Indianapolis uh, so far this year. Call us, 317-239-9696. Ethan, let's go ahead and and combine that commercial break into one, and we will be back with more Open Lines with Cameron Riddle right here on Hot 100.9 and 106.7 WTLC. Are back here on open lines on Hot one hundred point nine and one hundred six point seven WTLC. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, coming to you live on this October second, twenty twenty two. We are on the air this morning, getting a progress report on Indianapolis's violence reduction plans. Their peacemaking program that has about fifty people out on the streets of Indianapolis trying to prevent and reduce crime. In Indianapolis, just before we were going to break, we were—I had asked uh, Lauren and Bernard, uh, who are on our live line, uh, how they how they feel. Oftentimes, when they see some headlines and they wake up in the morning, like we were seeing today, uh, when there are uh, shootings overnight this morning, there's one person dead, two separate shootings, at least four shot just from last night, and that can be frustrating. And we, uh, I think, we all can agree that oftentimes the a uh, portrayal in, the, in what happens in TV news uh, skews to the negative, and I think there are a lot of reasons for that. I think oftentimes, sometimes it's just lousy reporting. Um, but other times, it is because stories like the one that I'm about to point out probably—well, actually, I know. They don't do as well. There's a story that came out just two months ago, uh, published by Fox 59, uh, reporting that Indianapolis homicides have fallen— Uh, This year, below the rate that they did in 2020. So if you were with us a few moments ago, uh, Lauren told us that uh, crime in the city is down 17 percent from last year. This particular report from Fox 59 compares crime to two years ago, where they also report that crime is down. But I also remind you um, a little inside uh, to our listeners that I would be willing to bet money that this story reporting that uh, crime has fallen does not perform as well as a story that um, reports that crime is up. If you don't think that makes sense, think about how many people are watching true crime stories on Jeffrey Dahmer right now. People actually tend to gravitate toward bad news, regardless of what anybody tells you about that. However, that does not mean you should not do uh, good stories and tell the truth when there is truth and good to report, which is what we are also doing here this morning. There is good news. We'll share that. And when there's bad news. We'll share that. So let's go to the phones. Um, uh, Bernard and uh, Lauren, you guys ready to take some phone calls? Yes. All right. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. Let's start with caller on line three. Let's go to three first. Good morning. Who's this? You're live on open lines.
5: Hey, Cameron. How you doing this morning?
1: I'm good. Good morning, Paul.
5: Hey, greetings to your guests and everybody is listening. I just want to say something real brief here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I used to manage the Point Nightclub for. Three Will you turn and a half your radio years. down a
1: little bit in the background? <laughs> uh,
5: for three and a half years, and uh, you know, the prevention—if you hear it, you know—that's when you start. That's when you start intervening. I- I'm kind of glad about this program uh, because when you start listening to what's going on around you. Um, You know, you can diffuse uh, situations uh, before they start. But my question to your panel is, um, do you guys have a program for the public at large to teach them different techniques uh, in, in, in order to prevent? Uh, crime even with their own children or just giving them some some suggestions or some solutions or some classes that they can take uh, they may not necessarily be looking for a job or anything like that do you have a program out there that's free to the public so that they can come in and learn some of the techniques that you're teaching uh, your staff?
1: Thank you Paul Okay
3: Yeah, are we able to? Yes, yeah, you sure else? can. Lauren, go ahead <laughs> Okay. um so yeah so part of what we're doing is collecting a database of resources out in the community a lot of our community-based organizations faith-based organizations they do these services for free and so what we try to do is to make sure that people know about them uh some people don't you know they don't know about certain programs that are going on and you know how can how can we increase the the access to those programs? So that's what our outreach workers, that's what every position is doing too, right? It's not just engaging with the community, see what they need, but also informing the community. We actually have two new comms people that their goal is also to make sure that our community is, is, is knows what's going on. So we're trying various. Uh, tactics to get that information out and connected to those re- free resources. Anger management skills, um, how, do you, how do you deal with mental health? It's not just going to a therapist, but you go on walks, right? Indy Parks is really engaged with us to find different avenues of free resources to community members to help learn those different tactics in a way to uh, help reduce crime from occurring.
1: All right, let's keep going on the phones, 317-239-9696. Call her online, too. Good morning. Who's this?
2: You know, Cameron, uh, I think that uh, she just, I wasn't going to say nothing about it, but she just brought it up. Uh, I wonder, are they keeping records on these people that they encounter on the streets to find out how many of them uh, are illiterate? Because that's the problem. You know, ignorance is violence, Cameron, and I don't care what you do. If you can't read, I mean, i talked to some people, my friends that own businesses. They try to get somebody to fill out an application. They can't even write their name, and they cannot read. So if you can't read, that's the beginning and ending of your misfortune right there. They haven't said a syllable about that. And also, they, she said the wraparound services. And she just came out of the closet. She said that it's a mental problem. And you know what that means. They're out there uh, just selling prescription drugs. So I don't know how we can sustain a program like this. I mean, when they first started, the uh, Office of Public Health and Safety, it, it's going to drain the whole public safety budget. When you're out chasing down behind somebody that does not know how to read, that does no, not know how to write his name because of one reason. The proliferations of charter schools here in our city and they are not teaching our kids how to read and write. Ninety percent. Ninety percent illiterate. All right, All right, I'm, gonna right leg- I'm gonna stop you right there because you're asking a I'm gonna
1: stop you right there because you're asking a legitimate question before you go off in the deep end. So thank you, Larry. Uh, so Lauren and Bernard, what kind of data are you guys uh, getting and what are you learning? Because what he's asking is partially le- is legit. So what are you guys learning? From the people that you are coming in contact with,
3: yeah, Cameron, and and I'll let Bernard talk about specific with life coaches. But you know, he is definitely right. Some people can't fill out applications. Some people can't read them or write them. But that doesn't that doesn't stop us from still engaging with them and figuring that out, right? We also have to take into account that we have not the education system as a whole. Hasn't been very friendly to Black and Brown lives in Marion County, and so knowing that, or the teachers that are out there, right, that are teaching, that are doing the hard work. So we are trying to identify everything, not just we're not we're not prescribing them. We can't prescribe them with medications, right, for mental health. So I wanted to clear that up, but we're there to try to figure out what is the barrier, and not just what we believe the barrier is, but or. or- what they first say with the barrier, after you talk to people for a while, you'll start to see what's really going on, that they may not realize the barrier, or that they're they're not willing to tell you is a barrier. And so that's part of what the life coaches are there for, to help really dig deep. And Bernard can tell you stories about how people um, have opened up over time of things that, you know, they didn't say that they needed at first.
4: Bernard? Yes, yes. If I can chime in,
1: you sure can.
4: Uh, Lauren is absolutely correct, and uh, that's a great observation and question um, by this community member, um, and one that is uh, vital, right? Um, so, as our life coaches, uh, as far as their skills, training, and development, um, that's those are the things that we uh, teach them to come alongside uh, our fellows and first build in that relationship. As we alluded to earlier uh, in the show, um, uh, we have people for, for various reasons who have not experienced uh, the, the the basic necessities uh, uh, that they should have um, from childhood, uh, for whatever reason, with the system, um, from home, things of that nature. And so, when we come alongside our fellows, uh, it is it is our desire and goal to meet them right where they are. Right. So, if you have some of these things coming up. Uh, we don't just uh, overlook those things. We, we are connecting them, again, intensively with, with programs that are actively happening in our community, uh, with resources. We, we, are, we, we are trying to get them from step A to step B, uh, and we know we cannot do that without building a, 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 a relationship with them that's, that's built on trust and respect of them with dignity. And so yes, that those are the things we are definitely going to tackle and comes up as we come alongside our fellows.
1: 317-239-9696-317. 239-9696. That's the number to get on the air this morning. We are talking with uh Lauren and Brian about um the violence reduction, but I said Brian Bernard. Sorry, uh Bernard. Uh Lauren and Bernard from the City of Indianapolis. Uh, about the violence interruption that the city is putting on as numbers point to the crime so far this year is down. So it is trending in the right direction. And, Lauren, we we, uh, took some credit but also said, hey, it's not just our office um, that is doing that. Uh, Your questions this morning, 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. Let's go to the caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? I'm Brother Cameron. Good morning. How you doing Brad Cameron? I'm good. How you feeling? Can you hear me? Yes I can.
0: Yeah, uh uh I wanna thank thank to get the y'all uh your guests for coming on the show and explaining themselves but uh I believe the crime is going down a little bit but we can still we we can still uh uh uh, do uh, uh, do better. We got folks like 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 the last caller and the first caller. We got folks do not know how to read, do not know how to fill out applications. You can see it uh, uh, when they hang out downtown. You can see it when they hang out downtown. All they do, you can smell that smell. I mean that stuff is loud.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's they what they call the
0: bus, it. that stuff loud.
1: That's what they call and, it, sir. And, and,
0: and uh, 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 it, 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 I believe back in my day we had some parents who 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 uh uh was in our face, and they and and they we had discipline. We had discipline in in our homes, discipline in our churches. But now uh, uh, we got to beside ourselves,
2: mm-hmm.
0: so we got to get back to that. We got to bring discipline back in the home. We got little six years old, cuss now grown folk. Hello, light, like, and, um, and, and 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 if they if they use bad words, they can read and write. Yeah. Hello, light. My my we sometimes we got to blame, we got to blame these young parents. Now, I said it, young parents did not go to school, uh, did not go to school. They don't know how to read, All right. or they don't know how to write. We All have right. so many jobs out here need to be filled. People, it ain't no more free money. You can, it ain't nothing wrong with you. You can,
1: get, you can get up out that bed and go to walk. All right, Reverend Phillips, I'm going to leave like, it right there. I'm going to leave you right there. Yeah. Thank you very you much, sir. Stopped. All right, I appreciate you calling. You, you know, have, you have know, a good you. Sunday, all right? You too, man. All Stay right. Dark. Thank you. Thank 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. Call her online, too. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. This good. is Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. You're live on the air. What's on your mind?
0: Yes. What's on my mind is uh, I agree with what they saying that these young children is out of school, don't know how to read and write, but we can't blame that on the society. It's them they self. Mm-hmm. My sister was one of the people killed this morning. And
1: I'm sorry you dropped out. Your sister what
0: is the one who got killed this morning in one of those mm. shootings?
1: I am sorry to hear that.
0: And I was just trying to see what type of programs that y'all have for the family members to get back into the society of themselves.
1: Uh, Bernard and Lauren, I'm going to turn that one to you.
3: Yeah. So I want, I want to say, I'm sorry for your loss. And uh, I'm a, I'm a religious person. So I'm going to tell you that I'll be praying for you and your family. Thank uh, you. As far as re- Resources. We have a couple different avenues where we follow up with family members. Um, one avenue is through the police department. So they we work with them very closely with the Victim Witness Assistance Program. If you're a victim yeah. or your family is a victim of gun violence or crime in general, we can work with you. Um, we also have other resources wrapped around for family members um and even through you know we're partnering with coroner's office to just follow up with family members like this so i i don't want to get your information over the phone but i can give you mine from public record and we can definitely connect you if you're okay with that we should also if you give me if you say your name i'm sorry i think i heard it was stephanie but you're kind of yes okay okay um, we can also get it if you're okay with um, the police department's help, because I'm assuming that they have reached out to you, I hope, um, and we can also work with them on getting you the services. Okay.
1: Can you, yeah, can, uh, Lauren, can you give her a number that she can follow up with you guys after the show? Thank yeah, you.
3: of course. So our number, you can use my 317-607-4359. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, and
0: your name is Lauren? Yes, ma'am. Okay, thank you. That's Lauren Rodriguez.
1: And Stephanie, um, among a number of things, one, I'm sorry for uh, your loss and the pain you're going through this morning, but also um, your strength to be able to even talk to us on the radio uh, with this just, just happening. So um, a- as Lauren said, we are. I-, I will pray for you as well. So um, thank you and-, and bless your family and sorry for what you're going through this morning. Thank you. All right. Um, Yeah. You never know um, who is uh, going through um, what this morning and when. But obviously, Lauren and Bernard, you two are in the right place this morning to uh, at least connect with um, uh, Stephanie and and her family. But um, while the the greeting was a bit uh, was probably out of the ordinary from how you normally meet people, that type of call is what you guys have responded to, Lauren, based on the numbers you gave me four hundred and sixty four times so far since January.
3: Yeah, and that's just interrupter calls. There's calls that go to our outreach workers, to our program managers, to the other members of OPHS and the other divisions. Um, so that's just our interrupter numbers. We don't even count everything else that we respond to.
1: 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. Caller online. Three, good morning. Who's this? Hey, how you
6: doing? This is Mike. Hey, so my thing is I like that program that they're starting. I think it's a really good program. I also think that there's other things the city can do. Um, Like, we have neighborhoods on the east side that are completely abandoned. We have apartment buildings that are completely abandoned, and people are just living in there.
2: Mm -hmm.
6: Um, And then we have also, we have areas that just, they're not policed at all. It's it's as if the police department is saying, let's just screw it. And after the merger, um, those areas are not being covered, so this is not mine. And so... we need. I, I feel like we need to get those those services first, and then line up everything else. Yeah, you're giving people these resources, but you got people that just don't want it. You got people that that wants to live, living, and they don't
1: want to. Is there, uh, uh, Mike? Is there a particular area because they have their um, their outreach workers?
6: Uh, come on my
1: um, He's you at have Starbucks. We hear you at Starbucks.
6: Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so the uh, you have to whole like 42nd and Post area where it is abandoned. Um, you have apartment buildings. You can drive in there and they haven't been serviced or anything hasn't been done to them in years. And yes, they don't even have a, a management company that's even uh, conducting business inside this one apartment uh, um, apartments that are right off of 42nd and Post on the, the the south side of the street when you when you when you're going down there. So those areas need to be policed. The merger was a horrible idea. They don't want to admit it. I'm sure, the department needs to get back effective, and and IMPD needs to get effective. But I just feel like there's just more tax dollars that's just being drained away, and, and and it's not it's not doing good because the people they don't want it.
1: Well, Mike, let me um, first thank you for calling in, and I hope you enjoy your coffee. But uh, let me ask Lauren and uh, Bernard, when you get a call like that from a guy like Mike. Uh, who was pointing out, hey, there's something, it's not a person, but it's a broader area. That's where, that's a conversation with you guys and outreach workers who then get into that community and see, obviously, we know there's a number of community organizations that lead on the Far East Side, 42nd and Post, but that's when you guys reach out to them, right?
3: Yeah. So, I mean, our job is to make sure that we're connecting with all areas of town and being able to, uh, as far as like the abandoned buildings, you no, know, I would love if we if we could do that with o p h s as well, but that's more d m d stuff um private owners you know there's a i could talk a whole hour about the complexities of uh abandoned property being both private and city owned uh and how that operates but i mean, I think it's an amazing thing to point out and remind people of is the abandoned property and what goes on abandoned properties but as far as us we definitely go we have our outreach workers go out to that place um, wherever people call in to we also make sure that we're keeping up with the, both the fatals and the non-fatal shootings and the hot spots so we can make sure that we have more people in those areas that are reporting higher number of gunshots so we can figure out what is it we need to knock on doors we need to set up you know a little a little event. Uh, well, how, that's how we get to where we
1: are going with our community. So when you get a call like that, and is I'm I'm assuming you know, and I'm a he said 42nd and post. I I'm sure that there are conversations that are already ongoing about that area. But for let's let's create an example. This is where um, you might reach out to like like a D Ross. The Rouse Foundation is right there on post and at 46th. I think that's what that's the type of conversation. Among others that you probably would have like, hey, you know we're getting some calls from people in the area. What are you guys seeing? Is that just again among one of the conversations you might have?
3: yeah, yeah, we reach out to the organizations in that area, uh, we send our people out there. you know the goal is to do these things right the whole program is a huge lift in. And- But the ultimate goal is to have more partnerships with these community organizations so we can have people that are out there every day with them or at least three times or two times a week with them so that they're also just engaging with them on a daily basis and Uh not just one call. All
1: right. Let me take one more call because we are down to our last three minutes of the show. Good morning. You have about 30 seconds. What's on your mind? Is that me? That is you. You got 30 seconds. You're my last call.
0: Um, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. That's how I think about things. However, I think it's going to be difficult to prevent someone who's mad, upset, crazy, bothered by an incident right here and now, you're going to be able to prevent that because you're not close enough to it. I'm
2: wishing you all the best, uh, hoping that you can do do whatever it is you're trying to do and accomplish your, your mission.
1: All right. That's a good way to end the show. Uh, Lauren and Bernard, obviously, we've had a wide variety uh, of calls and thoughts here uh, this morning, some with incidents that have just happened uh, overnight. How can people, one, continue the conversation with your office if they are seeing something, if they have a suggestion, if they want to nominate somebody to be, uh, to have a life coach? How can they connect with you beyond uh, the show today?
3: I gave my number, that's my work cell phone number, uh, earlier and then uh Cameron, I don't know, do we do we just give you the emails over? The yeah, phone? you can yeah,
1: you can give you can give me the email.
3: Okay. So my my email is Morin L A U R E X dot Rodriguez R O D R I G U E Z, the number two at Indy gov. And then, you know, we can filter it to the right person within our organization, our partner organizations.
1: I'm betting an email is probably the best way to get a conversation started.
3: That is really easy. Yes, I'm horrible with texting, um, but I will call you back eventually, I promise.
1: <laughs> I understand. I understand. Lauren and Bernard, uh, thank you for coming in. Uh, and, and talking with us here this morning, bringing some numbers and, and giving us a good progress report. I think we've got a, a good snapshot on how the program is going. Obviously, crime is going to continue um, and you may not be able to stop every single crime. But based on the numbers that you just gave, uh, the numbers that um, Fox 59 just reported last month, uh, crime so far is down, and I'll uh, take credit where credit is due uh, because, you know, if, if crime was up, you would get some blame. So uh, among other things, we know that uh, this is part of what Indianapolis is trying to do to um, lower crime. So, uh, Lauren and Bernard, thank you so much for coming on the show.
4: Yes, thanks for having me.
1: All right. Thank you. And we will be in touch. And we will, we if not by the end of this year, we'll, we'll reach out uh, and have you come back early next year so that we can uh, indeed see how the year uh, closed out.
3: Thank you so much. We look forward to the conversation.
1: Absolutely. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Open Lines with Cameron Riddle. Uh, we'll be back same time, same station next Sunday, live at 8. Coming up here on Hot, it's Brandon with the music for this morning. And then on TLC, the Reverend Al Sharpton is walking into the studio right now. He's going to take it over on WTLC. We are back, same time, same station. Next Sunday at 8, y'all have a great week.